Welcome to RequestCast, the request-based podcast. I'm Lewis Powell. And I'm Ben Heaton. And today's request is from an anonymous requester, and the request is for us to review every letter of the alphabet and talk about how it could be improved. First of all, what order do you think we should go through the letters? <laughs> uh, I, I would have defaulted to alphabetical order. Ben, did you have a different, a different one in mind? Nah, alphabetical sounds good. I, I hadn't thought of that. I think we should also settle on a, like, a rating system. I mean, we're going to do, obviously, commentary on the reviews more than just, like, assigning a number to each letter, but we should also figure out if we want to do, like, a star system or scale of 1 to 10. Stars sound good, like 1 to 5. All right, so we'll give each letter a score from 1 to 5. Right, but listeners, keep in mind, you shouldn't go just based on our star rating. You really need to listen to the full thing to get a sense of how good the letter is. I don't want people coming away from this thinking, oh, M is three stars, that's all there is to it. I concur. I think it's going to be important to listen to every single word we say on this episode. As with every episode. Let's start with the letter A. I really like the capital letter A. I think it's a solid design. Are we going to be focused on the visual representation of the letter, or what it sounds like, or its role in language? Or is it all in the mix? Well, I was thinking all of that, except what it sounds like is a little vague for some of them that represent potentially lots of sounds. Though really, we could consider that a mark against those letters. Okay. Well, so we'll focus mostly on the appearance of the letter, but if some other stuff comes up, we'll let it into the discussion. Right, like notable uses of the letter. Like A is used as a grade, and I think a lot of people associate that with it. Yeah. Now, you said you like the capital A. I'm actually kind of partial to... Lowercase a, when it's got the... You probably know the word for this, because you're like a, a font nerd. Typeface nerd. Yeah. You know how sometimes the little a is, like, got an umbrella over it? Right, the two-story a, as opposed to the single story. Yeah, I like the two-story lowercase a. I don't like writing it. It's a pain to write, but I like it in, like, a font or a typeface. Yeah, me too. What I like there is that, in a lot of typefaces, the normal Roman style for it will be the two-story one, but then the italic has one story. Really? Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, a lot of people apparently don't notice that and think that italics are just the regular typeface slanted a bit, because apparently they've never looked at writing. The fools. They see the letters, but they don't really look at them. Well, good typography is supposed to be fairly invisible that way. Alright, so uh, now are you and I going to try and come to a common score, or are we each doing our own scoring system? I think we should try to come to a common score, because that way we can argue about and form a consensus. Okay, I don't think we could give the letter A less than a 4 out of 5. Yeah, it's sort of the representative of the alphabet. And if it weren't the first letter we were doing, I would probably feel comfortable just automatically giving it a five. I'm going to say four and a half stars. All right, four and a half sounds good. I mean, it is the letter that stands for the highest grade. Yeah. So, A down, four and a half stars. Let us move on to the letter B. I might be a little biased here, but I really like the capital letter B. I'm not sold on the lowercase one, though. It seems boring. Uninspired. Uninspired? It's it's brilliant. There are a lot of Letters, they're just a circle and a line like that. It's just a backwards D or an upside down P. I mean, but the really boring ones are where the capital and the lowercase are just the same letter. That's true. There is a little variation there. Like C. C. When we get to C, we're going to see what happens. But When we eventually get all the way to C. Yes. <laughs> With B, though, I feel like there's a bit of a surprise there. You're like, which, which lowercase letter is the lowercase B? I don't know. I got to figure it out. People also get confused with it and D a lot, I think. You mean when there are children or first learning the Roman alphabet? Exactly. I'm not saying I get them confused. It's okay, Ben. You can admit if you get really confused about lowercase b versus lowercase d. I actually, I feel like a big strike against b. No offense, because I know you you like it. I don't like letters that are rounded. None of them? Well, it's in general a mark against the letter if it's rounded. Do you feel like that's harder to write? Yeah, no, I have bad handwriting, and it's way easier to write clearly when you're doing the straight line letters than the, the wavy line letters, or the circular ones. I see what you mean about ease of writing, but I think the curves also give you more opportunities in typefaces to do interesting things with how the curves are shaped. Fair, that's a fair point. I guess if I were a typeface designer, I would take that into account. B's kind of a compromise there, though, because it has the nice hard straight line on the left. It does. It is not as obnoxious as a C or an O, for example. That's true. Or an S. Oh, God, S. I think three stars. Three? Yeah. 
I think three is a fair score for B. It's not really a standout. True. Now C. This is one that people who are trying to redesign English writing really hate. Yeah. I think that's because it is one of the ones that gets like a pair of sounds. Yeah. Sometimes it's the K and sometimes it's the S. And there's already a letter for each of those sounds. Like if I were to become some sort of alphabet redesigner, obviously C would be on the chopping block. Yeah, it's an easy cut. And I would replace it with the single letter that makes the ch sound so that I could spell chopping block with that letter. Well, what would that look like? You could just reuse the C shape. I mean, that would be very confusing for people who are trying to make the transition. Plus, it would keep the same number of curvy line letters. I'd rather do, I don't know, maybe just like a horizontal line could be the ch. I think that would be more confusing since we already have a lot of things that are just horizontal lines, like dashes and hyphens. That's a good point. What if we made it like the uh, angle bracket? Then that would look like an angle bracket. <laughs> it would. It would. That's another good point. Let's move back to the existing letter C. I want to say one and a half stars for the letter C. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. 1.5. I'm keeping track of all the scores. Good, I'm not. Well, fortunately, we're recording this for posterity, so... Right, one of our listeners can write in and tell us what we scored everything. Yes. <laughs> all right. D, D is a good letter, I think. Solid. D is a solid letter. It is. It's a useful sound. Well, the lowercase is just B backwards. Yes. It is a sort of uninspired design. Oh, something I didn't mention in our review of the letter B is that the capitals for B and D are useful as a mnemonic about camel types. I don't know what camel type is. Dromedary and Bactrian. Oh, types of camels. I thought camel type was like a font thing that you were referencing. No, I, I mean the literal animal camels. You know, I get it now. Yeah, like the dromedary has one hump, so it looks like a capital letter D on its side. Bactrian camels have two humps, like the letter B. I'm going to say, though, D actually earns extra points for starting some of the, the words for awesome animals, such as dinosaurs and dogs. Dromedaries, I guess, as you mentioned. Dragons. Dolphins. Dung beetles. Yeah. Dugongs. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Dugongs? I don't know. Sure, dugong. Ducks? For those of you who are tuning in midway through the episode, Ben and I are naming things that begin with the letter D on this episode of the podcast. Also, you should probably listen from the beginning since it's a podcast. Somebody might have just gotten into the car and somebody else was already listening to the podcast. It's good to catch up all of our possible viewers. We're only on the letter D, so I think the person who is already in the car should just rewind and start over for the benefit of their passenger. <laughs> I have a lot of pity for the person who feels the need to go back and listen to our discourses on the letter B because a passenger entered their car. I think D is a solid uh, four letter, but... Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's better than B, though. I don't think it rates a 4. I don't think it's exciting enough. It's definitely not up to the level of A. Yeah, well, that's true. A is a hard standard to meet. I'd say 3.5 stars. 3.5 sounds good. Alright, next is the letter E. One obvious thing here is that it's much too common. Yeah. <laughs> As anyone who listened to our last podcast can tell, E is way too prevalent of a letter. In fact, I kind of feel like there should be more E's in the Scrabble tile set, but they should be worth zero points. So there are already like 12 of them. There should be like 15 and they should be worth nothing. Or you should get like a stock of blank tiles, or not blank, but E tiles. Everybody gets their own stock, unlimited amount of E tiles that they can use. And they're worth zero points, but they can just have them whenever. I feel like that would devalue the other vowel tiles, since you'd really want consonants since you already have an insured supply of some vowel. Mm -hmm. And how about how the E looks visually? I find the capital E very striking. Yeah, it's pretty good. So again, and this is related to my bad handwriting, my reviews are very much slanted in the direction of how annoying it is for me to write words on a pen with paper. Right. But the E gets very messy for me. You feel like you don't have space for it? No, I do like the vertical bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I do the top one, and then I sort of retrace the vertical bar to go out to do the middle line, but then I always come in at an angle to do the bottom one, and so there's always like a smudgy bit in the middle of my E. Hmm. One thing I just realized about when I write the capital E is that if I'm doing that in a crossword, sometimes I don't judge the amount of space I have properly and it ends up looking like an F because the line at the bottom coincides with the line between the squares. No, that's true. That is, that is trouble. I do all of my crossword puzzles on a computer device, so I don't run into that problem. Right. I just think it's a bad failure mode for the letter, given that if the bottom line happens to be obscured, it looks exactly like another letter. 
That's true. So that's going to hurt the E in the long run. It's too common. It can look too much like an F. It has an interesting lowercase. Actually, the way I write, sometimes it looks too much like an I the way that I write. Really? Well, because I'm sloppy. I mean, it's mostly because the way that I write, everything looks like a mess. And so they all look very similar. Right, but you're leaving out the middle stroke? No, it's just messy. I mean, it. sometimes my I has a mess in the middle also. It's, it's complicated. I'm not the one on trial here. The letters are the ones on trial. I'm going to have more questions for you about this when we get to the letter I. Fair enough. So the lowercase, though, I, you like it when it changes up and isn't something that you would guess from looking at the uppercase one, right? That's true. I think E definitely delivers that. Yes. No, E has shocking capital lowercase relationship. Yeah, there's no way looking at a capital E that you would expect something so round. Exactly. This is going to be a long episode. We're already five letters in. We should probably insert some humor along the way. That would make it longer. <laughs> That's a good point. Our listeners just want the facts here. And the fact is, I think E is a solid three and a half stars. All right, three and a half stars. So I have to grade a lot of work in my job as a professor. Mm-hmm. And I think we're settling on 3.5 as our sort of... It's the score that you give things when you don't feel like you could sort of strongly defend in either direction. Like, you don't want to say it's super good, you don't want to say it's super bad, so you just sort of like settle into this valley of everything that you have sort of neutral opinion on getting a 3.5, right? It's a little bit better than halfway, but it's not all the way up to like, good score. That sounds right for E. If I were going to give this a full star rating instead of a half one, I think I would go in the four star direction. But given that half stars are an option, I think three and a half is right. Yeah, well, when we get to the second half of the alphabet, I'm introducing quarter stars. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, let's move on to F. F. What's the, when they do the international alphabet, you say a word that begins with the letter instead of the letter? Uh-huh. What does F usually get? Foxtrot. Yeah. All right, F gets bonus points for Foxtrot. That's a fun international alphabet word. I think it loses points for how its capital letter looks, though. It's like a less interesting looking E. I don't think you can penalize the E for looking too much like an F and the F for looking too much like an E. Why not? That's a problem with both of them. But it's like, you have to decide one of them was copying off the other's homework, and you're going to penalize the one who is cheating, and the other one gets to not lose points. Then I would have to look up which one came first. It's a fair point. Here's something good I have to say about the letter F, though. Yes, your racism against the letter F will not stand. I I demand that you say something nice about it. All right, lowercase Fs lead to some interesting ligature possibilities. Ah, I knew this was coming. I knew it. For our listeners who are not font uh, or typeface nerds, can you explain what a ligature is? A ligature is when you have two letters together and you want to have that displayed as something other than just each of the letters individually added to each other. For instance, F-I, that's a common ligature. If you just show an F and an I, the dot from the I looks kind of oddly positioned with the loop on top of the F. So you'll usually see a special character inserted for this instead, where the F and I kind of fit together nicely. That is something most people... I mean, like, if you think people don't notice that lowercase a looks different in italics, people are almost... I mean, I think people would notice if it was missing. I think if there was a thing where the F and the I didn't do that, people would be like, wow, why does that look weird? But I don't think anybody notices that the F merges with the dot on the I, unless they are sort of attuned to to font type... Would, what is the difference between a font and a typeface? Because I don't want to keep getting it wrong throughout the episode. It doesn't really matter. But you corrected me earlier. Yeah. Well, basically, font is not just which typeface you're using, also details of, like size and so on. Okay. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I stopped paying attention halfway through the answer, so it's, it's good that it doesn't matter. By the way, I remember noticing the FI ligature thing as a kid because I was typing in some word processing program that automatically changed FI to the ligature, so I would see the letters changing as I typed them and tested out what was going on. Is this like a special effect in the word processor that it would like morph the letters before your eyes? And it's just, you type an F, then you type an I, and it would show up as the FI ligature. Oh, it would just switch to it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't like morph. It would just, okay. No, it didn't have a special animation for this. <laughs> That's disappointing. I want a word processor that animates all the, like, the straight quotes turn into cur- curvy quote marks, but like with like sound effects and be the worst word processor ever. You change the typeface that the whole thing is in and everything is swirling around from it. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like F, in terms of its star rating... It's not terribly exciting. True. I, I'm going to say it's on a par with B. I'm going to put it at the, the three level is where I think it belongs. That sounds right. 
I don't. I don't think it's below a three. I mean, I get excited when I draw an F in Scrabble because it's a use. It's like it's kind of high scoring, but it's a useful enough letter that I don't feel like it's just going to be stuck on my Scrabble board forever. Yeah, it's a good one to get on like a double letter score space. Yeah. Uh, ooh. Now we're up to G- the dreaded G. I kind of want to give a G a zero. This is similar to a C in that it stands for two sounds: G and J. Stands for two sounds. It's curvy in both the capital and lowercase form, and the lowercase form, in, like, some ways of doing it, is, like, all circles for no reason, like, just too many circles. Yeah, I've tried writing that type of G in handwriting, and it doesn't work at all. Advice to listeners, don't try. It starts to look like the treble clef marker at a certain point. Or bait, no. Yeah, treble clef, that's right. Probably looks nothing like a treble clef. I'm gonna get angry emails from my friends who are upset that I didn't know what a dinosaur was and who are going to be upset that I'm confusing musical notations with letters of the English alphabet. Yeah, you're actually thinking of a bass clef. Am I? No. No, I'm pretty sure the treble clef is the one that's... uh... Yeah, the bass clef is the one that's really boring looking. Yeah, no, so I'm definitely thinking of the treble clef. Wait, sorry, you said G can stand for two sounds, but it's also popular in, like, the worst word-ending mix-up of sounds ever, because it could be part of the F noise in O-U-G-H, the silent O-U-G-H, or the, the O sounding, uh, the O-O ending, or what's the other way it can sound? Uh, up in hiccup, when you spell it that way. Oh, God, no. I wasn't even thinking of that. Oh, it's laugh, bow, and three. It can be O, O, or F. Off. Yeah. Off. That's true, but there are a lot of letters implicated in that. There are. It is like they are conspiring to make the spelling of words needlessly shitty. If we can't penalize both E and F for looking similar, I don't think it's fair to take points off of G for being one of the many letters that do this confusing spelling thing. I I think that is a fair point. However, I do want to penalize it for being super curvy for no good reason. You gave A extra points for having an extra curvy lowercase variant, though. Oh, you mean because it looks really different than the capital? No, I mean how it has the one-story version and the two story version oh right yeah g has that same sort of thing going on with the two lowercase variants yeah but they're both awful i hate them both it only you only get bonus points for having the two versions if one of them is fun all right i can see the point there so my in in my instinct is to give g zero but i don't think g is actually the worst or deserving of a full-fledged zero so you're gonna have to moderate me on this one because i i'm a fanatic about g i would have given it two stars so let's average and go for one star yeah, it, it is worse than C. Well, it's pretty close to C. One star, that's pretty good. All right, H. I like H. Three straight lines, not messing around. It's kind of weird as a sound. <sighs> is that, that's the sound that, it's not that weird. Well, the other thing is you mostly get that sound at the beginning of a syllable. Try to say hat with the T and H switched. So you want me to say ta? Yeah, but with an H sound at the end instead of just dragging out the A. I see. Ta ha, ta ha. Yeah, so you can't really do it. I could if I tried. I didn't prep. Nobody said to prepare pronouncing H's for this episode. This episode on every letter. Uh, (laughs) One thing I like about H is that when crossword puzzles ask you to spell out the letters, it's a stupid move in the crossword. I don't like when the crossword puzzle does it in general. But H is like the most ridiculous conversion of letter to phonetic spelling. It's what, like A-I-T-C-H? A-I-T-C-H. Yeah. I mean, it's enough to, when they ask you to spell out the letter M and you're like E-M-M, that just feels dumb to me. But H, like, there's a genuine change in spelling there. Yeah, it should be called Ha or something. Hey. I'm trying to imagine how the alphabet song would go with Ha or Hey as the name of the letter. They call it Ache in Spanish, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, which I might not be. I didn't look up foreign language alphabets before this episode either. I like that it looks like, um, well, I don't know what it looks like, but I like that it's sort of all straight lines. Oh, it's a TIE fighter. It looks like a TIE fighter. That's what it's what it looks like. Yeah, with less of a middle section. It's actually sort of surprising they didn't just call those things H-wings, because that's every other ship in that thing is named after a letter of the English alphabet. Despite the fact that I learned from a Star Wars wiki one time, they have their own complicated script system in the Star Wars universe. Like three different ones? You probably know this better than me. I don't know the names of Star Wars writing systems, actually. Ben, I'm so disappointed. I didn't realize I would need to look that up. (laughs) You said you were doing prep work. I just assumed. You assumed it would be on these letters as used in the fictional Star Wars universe. Yes! Why why would I not assume that? It's if they have their own writing system, then when they talk about an X-Wing or whatever, is it just a coincidence that it's shaped like that letter? 
I don't remember whether the thought is, like, since the characters aren't really supposed to be speaking English anyway, like, it's just we're getting the translation into English, and so instead of whichever Star Wars character looks most like the letter X, they just call it an X-Wing instead of a, you know, Hothwing or whatever. Right. They're saying Glorpwing, but their letter Glorp looks just like an X. Yeah, something like that. How bad should we feel about the English alphabet if H just went away, though? Like, how much would that impinge on the usefulness of our alphabet? I think a lot, because we use it for a lot of other sounds, like TH, SH, CH. It's kind of a helper letter that way. I guarantee you H is one of the ones that Bernard Shaw wanted to get rid of. Which is ironic, since it's in his name. Yeah, I don't actually guarantee that, because I didn't look or check or anything. It sounds like him. Well, and it's implicated in all the other, like, he's one of the people, I think, who didn't like the C to CH thing, and so he would have rather had, instead of H being this helper letter, he'd rather have had just... An SH letter or a CH letter and so on. Yeah. I can see that being a good move. That's, that seems right. Yeah, this definitely doesn't get a high rating. I'm going to say 2.5. Right in the middle. I, I like that because it looks good, but it isn't all that useful and has a few odd problems. Yeah, now we're back to I. I'm looking at how I've got them written down on my score sheet, and I noticed that my H and my I literally look like the same letter turned on its side. So are you writing a very short I or a very wide H? Split the difference on both, I guess. They're both squares, basically? Yeah, they are kind of roughly taking up a whole square. You also said that you sometimes confuse your I's with E's because you're putting some sort of middle blotch in the I. So if I'm writing quickly in all caps, then I do line across the top, and then I kind of come back in before going down, but I basically do it at a bit of a weird angle all the way down, and then I do, and then it just looks like a little bit like I did either a half-assed E or really messy I. Okay. Now, lowercase i has the pesky dot. Right, which actually leads to some weird situations. This is kind of an odd digression, but there's an issue sometimes with the Turkish i, which has two variants. There's dotted i and dotless i. Yeah. Like, these are separate letters. And the capital version for dotted i has a dot on it. Ugh. The lowercase version of dotless i does not have a dot. So in other words, the two versions of i that we have, our capital and our lowercase, correspond to the capital and lowercase of two different letters in Turkish. I can't tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Do their letters, do they need two letters there? Or are we, like, economizing? I think they use them for different sounds. Anyway, this actually is a bad thing for programmers, since it leads to a lot of weird bugs in situations where you have, like, a routine for changing a lowercase letter to its capital version, and then your program gets localized into Turkish, and that breaks. Oh, yeah. That's kind of a weird edge case. I'm not sure we should take too many points off of I for that. Yeah. I respect I. We didn't mention this when we were talking about A, but I respect I for being a letter that gets to be a word all by itself. Do you think we should bump up A's rating for that? Like give it a four and a half? We might go back and give... A was already a four and a half. Oh, I thought we gave it a four. No, we gave it a four and a half. All right, I'm happy with that then. Let's keep it the way it was. Now, I think I... First off, I think you can't shortchange the vowels too much. I mean, they are really useful letters. Yeah, we would be pretty sad without them. And if anything, we don't, have an, we don't have enough of them. That's true. If anything, they should be split up into several more letters. Also, when you're doing the, like, grade school alphabet thing that goes around the top of the classroom, like A is for apple, B is... I is usually ice cream, which gives me a strongly positive association with letter I. I don't know if it's a good reason to give it a good rating, but it makes me want to give it a good rating. How do you feel about people who write a capital letter I as just a single vertical line? I would not say that I have any particular opinion on them. I do it sometimes, but other times I don't. Doing that with the number one makes more sense to me than doing it with the letter I. In fact, that's how my ones look. And I think given that I write my ones that way, I, I'm not going to write my I's that way usually. Right, because there's already the confusion with the lowercase l. <sighs> yeah, man. Let me... T some... Yeah. Whew. We'll get to l. I can tell you've got things to say. Yeah, we're getting there. We're going to take a pit stop at J and K before we do. So I think I is, is, a, is a solid four letter, I'm going to say. Yeah, well, I don't think we can justify giving a vowel less than that without some good reasons. We gave E a uh, 3.5. We had reasons. Yes, we did. All right. J. So we're on to J. And J and I used to be the same letter, and I think we could go back to that, and I wouldn't mind too much. That's good because my capital J, my capital J does not look so different from my I either. I think the main lesson of this podcast is that I have really bad handwriting. Now, I see where you're coming from on this one, though. The capital and lowercase are both just I variants. Yeah. That is true. What do you have to say in defense of J? Because I'm in favor of striking it from the alphabet. Wait, sorry, you want me to defend J, or...? If you don't, we're giving it a very low rating as it stands. 
Well, I'll say this. We gave G a one, and part of the reason we did that is because J is doing some of the G work already. If you got rid of J, then G would be the only one doing the J sound. Yeah, there are things that could be done to make G better, but they haven't been. But I'm saying, if I was going to assign one sound to G, I would give G the G sound, and I would give J the J sound. Because that's the sound that J already gets. Yeah, it's kind of its only thing. So I guess we'll give J... Well, what, what would you want to give J? One star. Alright, we'll give it a one star. It can be on a par with G. That whole jug neighborhood is a mess. We'll just we'll penalize the whole thing. Yeah. We'll just know consistency or inconsistency in our principles of how we're doing these grades. Let's move on to K. Yeah. K, I think, is potentially a five-star letter. Maybe. There's a little weirdness with how the lines all come together. Like, you'll see that done differently sometimes. Yeah, no, I think that there are different ways you can do it. Same with the R, by the way. R has a lot of weirdness going on. Sure. Um, but I'm going to say, here's what I like about K. All straight lines. Yeah. In the uppercase. Pretty much single sound. I don't, I can't think, uh, oh, silent. Silent K. So there's only one sound that it makes, but it is a common occurrence that it is in the word doing nothing. But that's just more spelling reform than it is alphabet reform. That's not a problem with K. That's a problem with how we spell certain words. Right. Yeah. yeah, visually it's good. It's, the capital and lowercase are pretty similar, but it's a strong design. Yes, definitely. And I kind of like that there's the different places you could put the right leg, I guess. I don't know any typeface terminology, so I'm going to call it the right leg. Right, sometimes you'll have it coming down from the other diagonal line instead of from the bit on the left. I guess the thing is, if we, if we, if we take a strongly positive stance on K, that's almost implicitly condemning Q. I'm fine with that. All right. Good. So four stars. I think I think it's better than the letter I. You're thinking five. Well, four and a half or five. If I had to choose like four letters to put in an alphabet, K would be one of them. It would be very. It'd be a pretty worthless alphabet, but it would have a K in there. I don't think it's. I don't know used all that often. It's like it's not one of the main sounds that you need for your writing. I mean, if we didn't, if we took the letter C out of the mix, which we should, K's would become a heck of a lot more common. So where are we settling on the on the K score issue? One thing I think we kind of have to consider is that it gets a lot worse when there are three of them together. That is a good point. It's an unfortunate like, extrinsic factor that's going to have to downgrade a little bit. Yeah, it's not really the letter's fault. Yeah, my, my four-letter alphabet where one of them is K is going to look pretty racist in the way that it has to spell most words. But yeah, we shouldn't really blame K. K is not racist. It's just that when you put three of them together, you are a racist, usually. Not you, Ben, but the royal you. Right. Kings who do that are racist. Yes, exactly. So do do you want to settle on 4 or 4.5? 4.5. Okay, 4.5. All right, L. I'm going to take a bold stance. L deserves a 6 out of 5 stars. I'm completely objective and unbiased on this, but L is the best letter. So I like the capital L a lot. It has some interesting use of negative space. I think it loses points for an uninteresting lowercase. Uh, I think what you mean to say is that it has an austere and elegant simplicity in its lowercase form. And because it's just a line with sometimes curvy bits at one end or the other, or both. Yep. The lowercase does sometimes look nice in italics when it kind of extends down a bit more and gets all flowy. Plus, L is the first letter in words like llama, laser, Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, no, knew that one was coming. Yeah, I had a feeling. Here's the other thing I like, and it ties back to a time when I was explaining to somebody why my name is so good. Uh-huh. When I write out my full name, because lowercase L's are actually pretty tall as far as lowercase letters go, I get this nice effect where my name starts tall, sort of small in the middle, gets tall again for the P and Powell, and then small again, and then L's. So there's a nice framing effect on my name because I've got the two tall lowercase L's on the one side and the capital L on the on the other side and a little ridge in the middle with the letter P. It's got a very nice aesthetic. I recommend my name if you're if you're looking for a name to switch to. Mine's a pretty good one. If any listeners are planning on having children soon, consider naming them Lewis Powell. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So letter L, my vote is for five stars, but I understand that I don't get to dictate the overall score. Though if L's not getting a five, I don't know what is. See, I think looking at the capital, I'm thinking five stars, but the lowercase just doesn't have enough recommending it. I think four stars. Four? Yeah. Lower than a K. Ugh, painful. All right, M. M, it's an interesting look. It's, it's a big letter. 
Yeah, when I was younger, I should probably save this story until we get to W, but when I was younger, I had trouble writing my W's and I wrote them as M's. So I have a number of shrinky dinks from when I was a child that say Lemus on them instead of Lewis. <laughs> Lemus Pommel? I don't think I was writing my last name at that point. I think by the time I was writing my full name, I, I knew how to, to write my W's. I just couldn't remember which way to start them. And then once you start it, you're kind of committed to it either being an M or a W. Yeah. I think M, N, and R sort of create an unfortunate mess. Because an R followed by an N looks like an M. That is a problem. It's one of the few letters where it looks like two other letters together. Yeah, W, pretty much the only other. Kind of N, it's sort of an I and a V, but not quite. Oh, I guess L-O can simulate B or D sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, M's, M is a pretty solid letter, I guess. It is. The one thing I don't like about it is when you're writing cursive, the lowercase m has three bumps instead of two, which doesn't make sense to me. It does. No, yeah, that's... Um, we haven't been talking about cursive yet, because cursive just ruins everything for all of the letters. Cursive is the worst thing. Yeah, basically, if you want to see what our ratings would be taking cursive into account, take all our actual ratings and lower them by one or two stars each. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, not much to say against M. It's a strong letter. Yeah. Is this a five star? No. No, it's not a five star. Four and a half, I think. Yeah, I feel like it's close. Well, we're in the second half of the alphabet. You want to add in the quarter stars? We could go to 4.75. No, I, I don't think it's worth going to quarter stars for this. Let's keep it simple. All right. I guess we can give it a five. That's why we haven't given a five yet. Okay. Oh, poor L. All right, N. N. Pretty similar to M. Yeah, it's kind of like N's less exciting sibling. Yeah, it gets a high rating, but not a five. It certainly doesn't beat L. I'm, I'm giving N a four. I just don't have anything really interesting to say about N. It is nice that N has kind of rotational symmetry, which M doesn't. You spin an M around, you get a different letter. You spin an N around, you get the same thing. Yeah, so four, I think, is where we're going with that. Yeah. All right, O. See, now, here's where I'm going to surprise you, because you thought, with my hatred of the curvy letters, I would probably want to give O a low score, but A, it's a vowel, and B, it's really easy to draw an O correctly. Yeah, it's it's such a simple shape, and iconic, too. In the views of some ancient philosophers, it's the perfect shape, being a circle. Although it's actually, I guess, usually more of like an oval or an ellipsoid. Right, you, you do sometimes see it as just a straight-up circle, though. Yeah, I think it does get penalized a little bit for um, the fact that the zero is a different character but looks really similar, and so sometimes it's a total pain to figure out whether it's an O or a zero in like a serial number. Right, if the zero doesn't have the diagonal line across it, which it never does when I write them. Yeah, yeah, I guess O is, o is a pretty solid letter, but it's not... It's at least a four, maybe higher. Can I give it bonus points for use in emoticons? Oh no, we, we didn't give D any bonus points for that. True, true. All right, so let's say four. We'll come, we'll come back and think about it if we, if we decide we were too harsh on it. But four seems good. P. P is a pretty good letter. Yeah, I like the sound. Puh. And the lowercase is the same issue as B and D, where it's just the same thing in a different orientation. Yeah, they're, they're the half note letters. Yeah. They all look like half notes. Although P, interestingly, looks like, I mean, capital P and lowercase p both look like half notes, whereas the other half note letters don't. Right, so it makes more sense here. Yeah. There's actually a reason to use that shape with the P. I would say P is a 4.5. Yeah, I think so. There's not much I would change with it. I don't think there's anything I would change with it. I like that if you add another vertical line to it, you get the paragraph symbol. That's good. Yeah. All right. And we are we are up to Q. For those of you just joining us, we are reviewing the letters of the alphabet. And we have now hit the letter Q, which presumably we would have very strong views about. If you're just coming in now, ask the other people in the car to rewind to the beginning for your benefit. <laughs> it's only been, what, 40 minutes? I don't know. They will not mind. It's been delightful to listen to. There's been a lot going on other than Ben and my idle speculation about letters. There's tons. You've been missing so much. I would go back. So, Q, this this is not a good letter. Why is it not a good letter? We don't use it very much, and when we do, it's almost always followed by a U. It can't really stand on its own. There are a few words where you do get a Q without a U, and they're very useful in Scrabble, but not so much in daily life. I'll say this, though. I do like the shape of the letter. I think, well, capital Q. Lowercase Q is whatever. It's too... Yeah, lowercase Q is grouped in with B, D, and P, but it tries to do a little twist that I don't care about. Yeah, it's trying to cross a J with a lowercase G. Capital Q does look interesting. It's a nice letter. It's got like a little uh, leg. You have some options and typefaces about how you want that to actually work. Right. Uh, when I'm writing it by hand, it's always just a straight diagonal line crossing the circle. And, I mean, I don't know how we should count this, but a lot of words that do in fact use Q I am a big fan of. Like what? 
Queen, Quit, Quiet, Quirky, Quell. Quiche. Quiche is a good one. That's one of the few where it doesn't make a qu noise. Right. Where you wouldn't replace it with a KW, you'd just replace it with a K. K-E-E-S-H. So that's the thing, it's easy to replace. Yeah. The loss to our ability to spell words effectively if you just took Q out of the alphabet is pretty low. I'm mostly opposed to this letter, except for the fact that the capital Q does look pretty cool. I have to admit that. So maybe like a 1.5? Yeah. All right. 1.5. Letter R. All right. This is a weird letter. Why do you say it's weird? I feel like you're some sort of weird letter synesthete, where you're like, I hear bad music when I look at the letter R. Yeah, it's the wrong shade of orange. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish we'd been assigning random colors to the letters as we went. Be like, no, A is clearly like a lavender. So R. You know how there's long and short S? There used to be two different ways of writing a lowercase R, too. Really? Describe the one that I don't know. The other one was mostly used in, like, black letter scripts. But how did it look? It looked kind of like a cross between the right half of a capital R and a squished number two. I'm going to have to look it up after the podcast. I I, I can't even begin to visualize that. You know, if you're doing a capital R, but you take off the straight line, you get something that's sort of like a two. Oh, okay. It's kind of like that, but squished down more. I I think I sort of get it. It didn't look good. At the same time, it's a good workhorse of a letter. It's doing a good job. Not a lot of other letters in the alphabet doing that job for it. Yeah, it's kind of its own weird sound. Yeah, earning its own keep. Some languages even have a letter that is composed of two R's next to each other, where you trill your tongue. Yeah, that's a good sound. I can't do it very well, but... Nice. Arre. There we go. And the lowercase is not very interesting looking, though. It's just an N that ends too soon. I feel like now I'm going to be sad every time I see a lowercase r, because I'm going to be thinking, oh, poor incomplete n. Tried so hard, but didn't get anywhere. You can do it. Just keep trying. So the capital one, it's basically just a p with a line, but I think it gets some of the benefits that we gave to k for the neat intersection. Yeah, I like the idea that it could be sort of attached over towards the front of the round bit, or it could be attached at the, the base of the round bit. When it's attached to the base of the round bit, it's sort of like a K with a bow on top. Yeah. It also gets some points for starting the word request cast. It does. When we say some points, by the way, in case anybody's trying to like figure out how these scores are being arrived at, we don't actually mean that like one of the points of its eventual score came from that. More like 0.38 of the points from its eventual score. The deduction of the rest of the values is left as an exercise to the listener. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't assign a full star for just starting the name of our podcast. We're not that biased. And if we were doing that, then L would have gotten more than four stars. I'm still sad about that. I'm going to say R is a... Is a f- Four I'm going to say three and a half. All right, well, we'll split the difference and go with three and a half. Okay. We split the difference and then rounded down, I guess, is how, we, is how that worked. Yeah, I wasn't really going to question your math there, since I liked the result. So S. S. Uh, I kind of want to give it like a million points for medial S, but I don't know how I feel about the letter itself. I'm not sure that's worth that many points. The long S is basically just an F that confuses you. It also makes it sometimes fun, because sometimes it'll be like, the word is case, but it's got a medial S, so it looks like they're talking about cafes. That can be fun. So it adds some levity. I feel like there's a good reason we stopped using that, though. Isn't part of it because no other letter did we have an intermediate size version of anymore? And also it just looked too much like an F. Yeah, they should have drawn it more like the integral symbol. Yeah, it looked more like that in italics. I like that the letter S looks a lot like a snake. I don't know how many points that should be worth, but the capital S looks a lot like a snake. Right, it sounds like a snake hissing. It's a good representation for the letter. I think this is the right one to use that shape for. Yes. Like, you can't say that about too many of the others. I don't know that there's a way to improve on the S either. I'm surprised you're not down on it for being so curvy. Well, when I write it, it's just like a backward Z, actually. I mean, it just it's, it is basically three straight lines. Oh. There's like a little bit of a curve because I don't do it that consciously as like straight line, straight line, straight line. But it, I don't try and make it like an eight minus the rest of the eight. Like I don't try and make it like as though it's perfectly curved. I just, it looks a lot like my number five as well, which is bad for people trying to read my handwriting. When I write an S, it's definitely curvy. I mean, mine is rounded. Don't get me wrong. Like to me, it's sort of the curvy letter. So when I draw it, it curves around at the top, and then it's like a straight diagonal until it curves around at the bottom. If we were doing this over video, I could just show you what it looks like, and you'd be like, ah. No, I think I get from your word picture. I'm not sure you do, because a picture is worth a thousand words, and I only used like 400 there to describe it, so. Our listeners, thank you. 
Yeah. So I really like the look of it. It's extremely recognizable, I think. If you're asking people to name, like, five letters of the alphabet, it's going to be in there unless they're just going alphabetically. I mean, aren't they going to name R-S-T-L-N and E? Because the name, main time you get asked to name five letters of the alphabet is when you are trying to solve the final puzzle on Wheel of Fortune. They give those ones to you, so you always pick whatever the next few consonants are. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, didn't they? I think they used to ask you, and then when people realized that the obvious correct way to do it was to do R-S-T-L-N-N. I mean, I'm not an expert on the history of Wheel of Fortune, but I thought you originally got to choose. That makes sense. And then they were like, let's not let people ruin their own chances. Uh, anyway, I think if M gets a five, then S sort of deserves a five as well. Yeah, that's fair. Plus the five, as I said, looks a lot like the S, so it works out well. I try to draw my fives looking pretty different from that. Like, I'll do a flat horizontal line on top. Mine is kind of like a pompadour, <laughs> whereas the S kind of curves around and down. The top of the five goes like up and off to the right. I honestly, I can't think of a better way to describe it than as a pompadour on the letter, so... No, that that's vivid. T. T. This is mostly a good letter. Yeah? Yeah, the capital is nice looking. It's straightforward, easy to write. Yep, no complaints from me. The lowercase, it's a little too short. Couldn't you just draw it slightly taller? I don't know if you've noticed, if you're looking at, like, text in a book, the T is the shortest of any of the ones with ascenders. It's barely taller than, like, an N. If you had to wager whether or not I've looked carefully at a book to judge the heights of lowercase letters with ascenders, what would you estimate are the chances that I've done that? So given that you're asking me this question, I'd guess the odds are low. Okay, but what would you have guessed before updating on me asking the question? What were the odds before I got all snarky about it? I would have been surprised at the idea that there are people who don't look at that. Oh, Ben. So I think, I think T is probably a 4.5. I like that you can use the capital T for t-shirts because it's shaped like a t-shirt. Or rather, t-shirts are shaped like it. They're not really. They kind of are. I mean, T-intersections have a much closer relationship to the shape of the letter T than t-shirts do. Yeah, but I talk about those less. It comes up more in the context of t-shirts. How often do you need to explain to somebody what a t-shirt looks like and use the letter T as your point of reference? That's more that I just need to reference t-shirts and doing so with the phrase t-shirt is a convenient shorthand. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I was imagining short sleeve t-shirts, which is why I thought it was so preposterous. I guess long sleeve t-shirts actually work pretty well. Though oddly, the default t-shirt I imagine is a short sleeved one. If... Well, here's another question though. Are there shirts that you can think of that aren't shaped like the letter T? Really, you're just noting that the human torso, in order to be cloth covered, has to be shaped like the letter T, right? Like baseball jerseys. If there are no sleeves, then it's not a T. Alright, so tank tops do not look like the letter T, but all other shirts do. Ironically, tank top has a lot of T's in it. Two is a lot. So what score are we settling on for letter T? I think a four is probably a fair score here. Yeah, it would get more than a four for me if the lowercase T had more to it. It's Lowercase T's are weird looking. Okay, letter U. Well, it gets vowel points. Is it the worst vowel? I guess that's the question we have to ask ourselves. Is it the worst of the vowels? Yeah, I think it might be. The, the capital U is a nice shape. Well, we're going to have to get into the confusion between U and V, and since they're right next to each other, maybe we should just cover that for both of them right now. So you want to start doing it like it's the Latin alphabet, where there's only the one letter that gets used for both? I feel like if we went back to that, I wouldn't mind. I mean, context would make it pretty easy to figure out, but we have been railing on letters for having too many uses. That's true, but I feel like we've kind of been going both ways on that. We have. I guess we have. Like, we gave J points off for being something that could be merged with an I. Yeah. So I feel like V I like. This is the thing. I think if I were rating U and V separately, U is clearly the loser in that contest. Yeah. Yeah, V is more dynamic looking. Yes. I feel like U has to get a lower score than E. I feel like U is a 3 rather than a 3.5. U is a 3. V is maybe a 3.5. I was going to go with, with 4 or 4.5. I think V is a solid letter. That high? Yeah. I feel like it just isn't pulling its weight that much. I really hate getting it in Scrabble. <laughs> I see. I think it might be my least favorite Scrabble tile to draw. Really? It doesn't go into any two-layer words. Making any word with it is pretty awkward. If you're stuck with one near the end of the game, then quite often you're just not able to play it anywhere, then you're losing a lot of points off of it. Yeah, that's fair. If anybody wants to request a podcast where we talk about possible updates to rules of Scrabble, I think Ben would be excited about that. If we troll for podcast requests, is that contrary to the spirit of... I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. W. w. More like double V, right? Well, that's in fact in Spanish. It's called double V instead of double U. Yeah, and they don't run into any problems from that, do they? It seems like it's just a sensible change to make. 
It's a dumb name for the letter, because I don't think that if I saw two U's next to each other, I'd want to pronounce it W. Similarly, if I saw two V's next to each other. Yeah. I feel like W deserves a real name. Especially since I often have to say it three times in a row. Why not we name it, like, WA or something? Something with a W sound. WA. Way? You can follow this podcast at WA WA WA. That's awful. Uh, yeah, I take that back. What happens if you turn the, the noise of the letter M upside down? I think you still get an M. Aren't most sounds kind of symmetric that way? I have no idea. I don't even know I don't even know what it means to turn it upside down. I'm not sure I do either, but I really doubt that you would get a W sound. I mean so despite its name, which makes it sound like you could do away with the W and just have, you know, U's next to each other or some other letter next to each other. I feel like W actually plays an important role. Yeah, it's good for question words. Yeah? Well, actually, no, it's, no, it doesn't do its work in the question words. Oh, right, it needs an H. I mean, in the word who, you could, it's like literally H-O-O would be adequate. Yeah, but what, where? What the H is doing there, right, the H is switching it from what to what. Oh, but then you could just spell it like W-U-T, and that would be fine. Or W-U-H-T. Anyway. We gave M a lot of points for how nice it looks, so I think W deserves some of that, too. Is W the one that you get to use for making uh, ASCII geese? I don't know. ASCII geese? When you want to make, like, uh, little birds in an ASCII image. Like, they're flying off into the... Don't birds fly in more of a V formation? Not the formation that they fly in, the individual birds with the wings. The sides of, are the wings. Yeah, see, I thought you were talking about the V formation, like in the Mighty Ducks. And probably also real ducks. Yeah, I think, it, I think they did base that on the true story of some ducks. Some very strong ducks. Alright, so what are we rating the W? Four stars? No, 3.5. Now that we're getting towards the end of the alphabet, we're not seeing layers there all that commonly used. Are we are we settling on 3.5, or do you think it's, it deserves a 4? No, I think 3.5 is fair. All right. X. X. Completely useless letter. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. Looks good. Yeah, fantastic way that it looks. Marks the spot like a champ, okay? Nothing marks the spot as well as an X, except for any other way of marking a spot, which is probably equally as good as an X. Any mark will effectively mark the spot as long as it looks different from what you're not marking. They, there's the thing where people who don't know how to write their name, they can sign things with the letter X. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's legal. I mean, I just know that it's like in movies and stuff. And then when you put them on a jug... Yeah, X is for moonshine. Three of them, right? Or is it... I think so. I'm not a moonshine expert. Ben, I thought you were going to do research before this podcast. I don't know what's going on. I, I told you I wasn't going to do any research. You said you were going to do the research. Why are you not prepared on the moonshine question? Three X's is definitely what signifies moonshine. All right. So what sound would you pair with the letter X for the sound to be deserving of a sort of letter form that good? Maybe use it for the ch sound. I think that could be a good use for it, actually. Cheerios would be amazing if the box was X-E-E-R-I-O-S. That would be awesome. It would. It would take a little getting used to. And then the famous photocopier company would be called Chirach. Xerox is interesting since the two X's are representing different sounds. Yes, that's true. So here's the thing. X is useless in terms of its role in spelling because it could almost always be replaced by some other more straightforward way of doing that sound. But X gets all these awesome uses. It's variable, X marks the spot, moonshine indicator, signature for people who don't know to write their own name. Yeah, we would be completely unable to do math without the letter X. I mean, I, f I feel like X might actually be earning a 4.5 despite the fact that it's kind of a superfluous letter in actual spelling. It is a good looking letter. Oh, it's a handsome letter. I'm putting down a 4.5. If we were going for quarter ratings, I'd argue for 4.25, but given that we're not doing that, 4.5 stars is right. All right. This is a logarithmic scale, by the way, <laughs> for anybody who's curious. I thought that was obvious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just default to logarithmic scales, but I realize some of our listeners might not think that way. So we're on to Y. Alright, the secondary variable. Use this when you've already used X for something. In actual writing, it's more useful. Yeah. How do you feel on the issue of the sometimes Y is a vowel situation? Is that a real thing or is that just thing they tell you in grade school? It's a real thing and I don't really like it. I think it also, I, like, this is unfortunate for Y. It's kind of like when we thought about penalizing K for the racist associations. I don't like that people use Y when they're trying to make things look old-timey instead of TH. Oh, yeah. We can get into that some more with our Thorn review later. <laughs> our bonus faithful listeners who stick around after we get through Y and Z. For anyone who's just joining us at this point in the podcast, we are reviewing the letters of the alphabet, suggesting some improvements. We are on the letter Y. Y as in, why are you getting in the car this late? <laughs> 
Seriously, you should be on time when somebody's picking you up for a ride. So why? It's interesting looking. I, I kind of like the three-way intersection there. Lowercase y is solid, yeah? Lowercase y is okay. I'm not excited about it. 3.5 is our grade for things that we're not excited about, but we don't have anything bad to say about. I'd say that the vowel consonant confusion brings this down to a 3, though. Alright, so Y gets a 3. That actually does make things a little annoying sometimes. Sometimes somebody will be giving some sort of word puzzle where they're saying uh, this has however many vowels in it, and then there's always the confusion about how they would be counting Y. Like, even if the answer isn't a word that has a Y, you still have to think about this as a solver, and I don't know, it's just unnecessary complications. So Z. Z. Or for our foreign listeners, Zed, or Izzard, or Zuz, or whatever you call it. Wait, what are the other names? I only know Zed. Izzard and Zuz. Izzard? Yeah. That's insane. Was <laughs> Izzard? Are you saying Zed isn't insane? It's less, less insane. Yeah, I like calling it Z. I mean, obviously, that's what I grew up with, but I feel like it's objectively the right choice, too. But you lucked out, then, getting raised with the right way. I know that we've sort of ruled out talking about cursive, but cursive Zs, I think I've never in my life learned how to do a cursive Z, and they just look insane. Like, they are crazy complicated for no good reason. Is that the one that has some loop going down for no reason? It's, I think it's got, like, all sorts of stuff going on for no reason. I think it does have a loop going down for no reason. (laughs) I think it's one of the few where you have to, like, go up and to the right... And then most of what you're doing is like working your way down with circles. I think that's how I did it when I was doing Z's, is I would go up and to the right and then I would circle down until I could go to the next letter. That's that's how I wrote a cursive Z. The thing about cursive is it's so messed up that I really can't tell from that description whether you're describing a capital Z or a lowercase Z. <laughs> I think it's both. I think I did this. Well, I did the same for both. It was just either taller or not. I'm okay giving Z a 2, to be honest. I feel like it has more potential than that, but it isn't really realized. Let's give it a 2.5, though, because I don't want to over-penalize it for cursive. That's true. And 2 looks kind of like a Z. Yeah, it does. Is that good or bad? I don't know. It just it looks nice when I draw it. The same way S and 5 look like they're buddies. I imagine they're good friends. So Z was a 2.5. Next, let's go to ampersand. Ampersand's not... I mean, it's, it's more like a ligature, isn't it? Yeah, it's an E and a T. Yeah, well, so we've already rated E and T. Let's not go crazy here. All right, well, do you want to do Thorn, or are we done? Let's briefly do Thorn. All right, I I like Thorn. Yeah, I feel like there's no reason why it shouldn't still be a letter, to be honest. Like, TH, not the best way to do that. There was already a letter that did that. Yeah, I will say it looks a bit too much like a P. Wait, wait, describe how it looks. I don't actually know. I thought it looked like a Y. Imagine, like, a vertical line, and then on the right, there's a P-like thing, but it's in the middle instead of on the top. Wait, so then where did the Y come from for ye old shoppy? That's complicated. But it came sort of indirectly from Thorn? Yeah. Okay, so 3.25. How's that? That's fair. We'll introduce the quarter point scale for Thorn. So I think that brings us to the end of our ratings. We could do a lot of other extra letters, but there's really no point where that would end. And I'd also like to say this concludes the second of our two episodes designed to teach people to think very hard about what sort of request they want to make for request comics. The No E episode, and this one, if you're still listening at this, what, three-hour mark where we're still doing this, think when requesting, do I really want to listen to Ben and Lewis review the alphabet for about an hour and a half? Honestly, I think they do. It is entirely possible that some of our audience does. I think that's a lot more possible than people wanting to hear us not say letters. All right, so thank you for listening. This has been RequestCast. See you next time.